Hey, this is the Social Strategy Podcast, episode number nine. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey, what is going on, folks? This is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast. Today, I've got a very special guest. This is Amy Schmidauer. Amy, I ran into her when watching a video on Facebook. It was um, for Gary Vaynerchuk's new book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. I was actually making that motion as I was saying it. (laughs) You just kind of have to with that book. Um, Amy did a video, a singing book review. I'd never seen anything like that. I reached out to Amy. She agreed to come on the show, and it was awesome. So I'm not going to really go into a whole lot. I just want to really get to this interview. Amy is fantastic. There is a ton of information in this interview about optimizing your YouTube channel, getting your stuff out there, some really good tips, some powerful stuff to build your YouTube channel. So if you are looking to build a presence on YouTube and you don't know what to do, you need to listen to this episode because Amy is the truth. So I'm just going to go ahead, get right to it, and I will see you guys on the back end. All I want for Christmas is chop, chop, chop right Hey, this is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast. And today I have a very special guest, Amy Schmidauer from, is it Sexy Savvy Social? Oh, just like everyone else. You always want the sexy I, to come first, I don't know, you? right? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually heard a couple people say that. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's Savvy Sexy Social. I always tell people it's alphabetical order. Ah. <laughs> There was some thought into that. Yeah. <laughs> some strategery going on. So, you know, I, I ran into your your YouTube channel because here recently you did a, a video for Jab, 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 Right Hook, the new Gary Vaynerchuk book that just dropped. Was it this week or did it drop last week? You know, I think I actually received my books uh, the the week before Thanksgiving. Um, and then I didn't actually have time to read until I was on that little, little vacation of eating. (laughs) Um, but, but yeah. And then following uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, my first episode, I I published three episodes, episodes on YouTube every week for savvy, sexy social. And the first one is on Tuesdays It's called savvy Tuesday. And I had already said, like, I've got to have the book review done by that point. And so, yeah, I was, it was just a, about a, a week or two after the book came out. Yeah. Right. So before we get into that, you know, let's, let's find out a little bit about you and a little bit about your background and kind of how you got into this whole thing. And then we'll go into the whole book review and the mentions on Facebook and yeah. how your channel's grown since, yeah. cause I've noticed a kind of a, a big change in your numbers here. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, I mean, it's been a few days, right? It's been a nice little. I mean, that video itself, of course, got a little bit of attention, but the conversions have been very nice as well. Okay, cool. Well, let's let's find out a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about your uh, background. So, you know, video has been my thing for a long time. Uh, I started using YouTube 
probably 2007, 2008, uh, just because it was a really great place for me to host videos. I loved making videos. I think the first one I made was a little montage of people wishing my best friend well at her wedding. Um, and I just loved the editing process. So I was using YouTube for that purpose. It was a utility at that point. I didn't know it was going to be this thing. I don't even think there was a partner program at that point. Um, I just was uploading videos there. For some reason, I was smart enough to know not to upload to Facebook. There was something about it that maybe it wasn't easily shareable, but YouTube I knew was going to be the best place. So that's how I started. Um, eventually, my friends got bored of being filmed, so I had to become a personality so that I could edit more content on a regular basis. And then I found marketing and decided to start my own business. And once that became a thing, and, and it's certainly oversaturated at this point, the idea of a social media expert. But at the time, I even thought it was very saturated and I needed a way to really stand out. And that's how Savvy Sexy Social came to be. I knew that I had abilities with video that would help me get in front of a larger audience because I can write as well, but there are so many people writing about it. If I'm going to try to reach a greater audience, I had a real opportunity with video. So I brought those two worlds together and that blog really helped me catapult my first ever freelance business away from the cubicle world. Wow, that is impressive. So now what year was this that you started? So 2008? Yeah, uh, well, Savvy Sexy Social is going to be three years old in March. So that would have been, so it's been about three years since I uh, left full time with benefits nice. <laughs> type of work. So that, yeah, that's about how long I've been in business full time. Now, of course, once I started to get wind of this little thing called passion, I actually went to school for political science and I was, I had the job. I had an amazing opportunity. I was working at a law firm, um, in the lobbying and fundraising area. And I was doing exactly what I should have been doing for what I was going to school for. I was working for the best fundraiser in the state of Ohio. It was a nice gig. I had job security, just like everybody says they have job security. I had job security. I don't believe in that anymore, but I did. So when I found marketing, I was like, really? Like, this is what actual passion feels like. I thought I was really excited about that, but now I know I'm more excited about something else. So of course I was building that business on the side. Like everyone says, I'm going to build the business on the side until I make enough money so I can leave my full-time gig. For me, it was never going to happen. I don't think I ever really wanted to come to terms with that. It was never going to happen that way because a client really needs your undivided attention. And when you have 40 hours to put someplace else every week, it's really hard, but it was still really fun for me. But that is how I started to get in the industry, which made it easier when I had to make the hard decision three years ago uh, to really get up my game, go full time and just try it. Because I knew if I didn't just try it, that's fine. I could always go back to something else. I could always go back to politics. I could always do marketing in a firm somewhere. But I had to try it on my own. And that's how it worked. So definitely the, the side work from the full time job helped me do that for a couple of years, too. Nice. So, you know, something that you said when you were just going through that, you said you were smart enough not to upload your videos to Facebook. Yes. That is the first time I've heard that. Why, why is that? You know what's really funny is even to this point, it's not really desirable to upload videos to Facebook. Even Facebook has gotten to a point where they're like, all right, fine, we get it. YouTube's kind of winning at this. Where it used to be when you uploaded a, a YouTube link to your Facebook, it showed up teeny tiny, just like the rest of the third-party links that you would put there. And the only things that would show up and make a lot of... of 
take up a lot of space on the news feed would be photos or videos that you uploaded to the platform. Mm -hmm. So I've always, always on my Savvy Sexy Social brand page uploaded a, a screen capture of my video along with the link to my blog post where the video is embedded because that does a lot of things for me. First of all, the photo takes up way more space on the newsfeed. Second of all, I get traffic to my site, not to the YouTube link. I want the conversions to my email list. So going to YouTube is fantastic and I'm very grateful for any subscribers over there. But what I want is to own my audience and by doing that, I need their contact information. So the email list is key. But I'm really glad that I was smart enough at that point because YouTube is obviously it's, it's the little baby child of Google and it's helped me so much with search engine optimization and nothing compares to that. Facebook could never come close to what YouTube has done for me t in terms of search. Wow. Now that is interesting. I like that little baby child of Google. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. This is the little baby that I adopted back in 2006. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, that's been a really good partnership as much as we may not like all the other things Google's pushing upon us. Mm -hmm. I have to say they've done a good job for what YouTube is. Yeah. No to Google, Google plus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just, just saying, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going to use it cause you forced me, but that's right. I'm not going to like it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think that's the hard part with Google plus too. People just feel forced to use it. So it's not quite as fun. I think that's why it's still a very techie audience right now. Yeah, I'm I'm in it. I like it, but you know. Yeah, I like it too. I go over there all the time, and I think this audience is so valuable. I do not put what I should be putting into it, but it sucks because you shouldn't even be on a social network if you're not going to give it your all. But you don't have a choice with Google <laughs> Plus. You have it no matter what. So even if you suck at it, you're going to see that you. Everyone's going to see that you suck at it. Right exactly. now. You know, I have so many profiles. I have my personal profile, which I was excited to start when it came out. But my channel has to have its own profile. So now, you know, it, everything's just so spread out. And it just makes it seem even more disorganized than it should have been in the first place. Right. Yeah, you you touched on a lot just now when you were talking <laughs> about YouTube. Yes. And your choice to put a picture, because I think we need to go back for mm -hmm. a second talk about Facebook because this yeah. is something that I, I, I am no YouTube expert. You can look at my YouTube channel and <laughs> I know that it sucks. I have, I have not gone in and done an intro video. I haven't customized the page. I put random stuff out there just when I feel like making a video. And for a while I was consistent at making a few videos here and there and people would say, Oh, Hey man, we love your videos. You should do more. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure. I'll do more. But you know how that goes. Exactly. But you mentioned when you use Facebook and you actually promote your videos that you do a, you do an image capture of mm -hmm. the video mm -hmm. and you put that in the news feed. And in that in that image, I'm assuming that what you're doing is you're putting the link to your website or landing page. Right. So which which way you're doing it? Show, tell us about that it implementation. It's usually, see, I have to make a custom thumbnail for every YouTube video anyway, because it's just not going to be as effective uh, for subscribers on YouTube if I don't. And it also looks a lot nicer when you embed it on your website. So I have to upload a custom um, thumbnail anyway. So I take that image that I've created, which is usually me smiling um, and some text to give you a little bit of a hint as to what my video is about. Now, you obviously have the headline of the video to help you with that too, but it's nice to kind of reiterate 
directly on the image. People like to read copy on images. I've seen we, we've seen this a lot in Tumblr and Instagram and Pinterest everywhere. Text on on images works great. So that custom thumbnail is made. I, I upload that to the video, obviously, so that thumbnail's there, but I also upload it to Facebook as I'm entering the copy for that status update. So it's like you're sharing a photo, but and you're thinking of the of the text area as as your caption to that photo, but it shows up like a normal status update with a photo, and it takes up a lot more room on the newsfeed because of that, and you're much more likely to get your your information in front of more eyes. Right. Now, do you get a lot of traffic from Facebook or YouTube? Where does the majority of your traffic come from? The majority of my traffic definitely comes from YouTube. My YouTube following is much more significant than Facebook for obvious reasons. Facebook is where you rally the troops. And I'm not a huge believer in Facebook ads. I'm, I'm not against them. And I'm certainly for them when it makes sense for my clients. But I don't use them for Savvy Sexy Social very often because if people want to subscribe to me there, they are going to do that. And that's why someone likes you on Facebook. Um, I've seen a jump in the Facebook likes just because of the Gary V share the other day. But typically where people are much more likely to learn about you and want to get to know you a little bit better is Twitter or YouTube. But with Facebook, it's a place where people go to see the people that they are very excited to see. So they're, they're going to subscribe to me there because they want to know what's happening next. So it's, it's a little bit harder to grow a following over there because it's, it's just rallying the people that love you. So does that answer your question? It does. Okay. But I think you should say that, that last part again, because I actually, I, I agree with that. That's a little bit harder to rally mm -hmm. people because they're just coming there to kind of celebrate you and not really engage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I, I, I guess I just would say it again. I, that is where I rally the troops. I know that I have to go above and beyond to make sure that I beat the algorithm and have Facebook make sure they get my stuff in front of as many people as possible. But their business plan isn't calculated that way. There's not much I can do about that except for pay for ads. And I'm not going to do that every time because I have the content. People know they're going to get the content. The truly loyal people are on my email list. Mm -hmm. I have a lot more people over on Twitter following me. And I have YouTube subscribers. There's so many ways to follow what I'm doing. If Facebook's convenient for you, I'm going to post over there. But that's not really where my target audience ends up being. It's just one of those networks sometimes you just got to have. Right. Now, so when I look at uh, Vlog, Vlog Boss Studios, the website, mm -hmm. And I go through it and I look at your services. So let's just say I'm a business owner because what part of what we do here at Social Strategy Podcast, I don't want to just have it be another interview show where it's like, okay, so what did you do this yeah. time? And I, I want to talk about stuff that people can use. So if uh, an, an average client gives you mm -hmm. a call and they're like, well, hey, we need a video and mm -hmm. we want to do some consistent video and get people excited about our brand and they're a, um, I don't know, a, a dentist, mm -hmm. you know, how do you get people excited about dentistry? Do you deal with clients like that? Absolutely. I, I think the key to remember is that this is video content and this is not like 
a sales situation or um, what you would think that you would go to full-blown video production studios for, that's not what I do. The, the reason why I was able to start a business is because I want businesses to know there's something in between not doing video at all and thousands and thousands of dollars on video production. You're not going to be able to come to terms with that amount of money when you need to create content consistently. So what I'm able to do is educate the client on a video content marketing strategy, what that looks like for them, um, how, how it's going to target their audience, how often they need to do it and how much of it they even want to do themselves. What can I do to help you complete this process? I have clients that, um, I'll go in and teach them and we'll film together and I'll edit everything. And then it'll get to a point where I just teach them, okay, here's the camera you need. Here's the tripod, set it up, talk to it. If you want me to edit everything, send it my way. So there's parts, parts of, um, some clients I have that, I won't have as much of the process and they love being more of the process. And I like that because you need to be a lot of it. You can't think of it as outsourcing because this is a very personal medium. Now that said, you don't necessarily have to be the person in front of the camera. It may not make sense. It may not be something you're comfortable with and that's okay too. There, that doesn't mean that there's not somebody that knows your area and could speak to it very easily and be a brand representative for you. And that's something that I do as well. I can connect a brand with somebody that's versed in the type of information that we want to provide through their video content strategy and say, okay, well, if we work out the editorial calendar, we'll send those topics over to the creator and the creator will be the personality for us, whether they take over the entire process. There's a lot of YouTubers out there who really wish they could make a ton of money from YouTube, but they may have missed the boat because those people that were on there in 2006 and are making tons of money because they've just been there since the beginning, it's, a, it's easier for them to make more with Google ads. But for everyone else, it needs to be a little bit more strategic because that virality factor is a little bit harder to achieve that would catapult you to such a level. So so if somebody wants to make money making videos, but they're not really sure how because Google ads isn't going to do what they need it to do, they still know how to. There's so many kids that sat in their room and learned how to use their computer and iMovie and editing and they talk to the camera and they feel very comfortable. There's a lot of people that have learned that process just because they loved it. So by connecting those people, those creators with brands who are like, you know, we really need somebody that can talk about health and wellness. Maybe that's what the dentist talks about. You don't have to talk about teeth all the time. What else is your customer concerned about that you can put your logo on? Right. So now in that situation, would you possibly hook that dentist up with a brand that wants to pay them to make videos and talk about their particular product? So uh, they're not necessarily, yes, the product, but not as blatant. Um, I would take that dentist and I would say, do you have somebody that would like to talk to the camera? Okay, great. Let's start from there. If not, then fine. Let's go ahead and talk about your content strategy. Then find out what type of person or what type, maybe it's not a person. Maybe it's a voiceover. Maybe it's just hands. There's a lot of YouTube channels right. that are just like hands or screen capture review. Now with a dentist, I think it's going to be a person, but what are they talking about? And then it's about connecting them with the right personality, which they would then hire me to coordinate. Okay, cool. So you, you, you have a, a person, they come to you and they're like, well, you know what, I want to do YouTube videos. And of course, I want to make money doing my YouTube videos. What's, what's like three things you would tell them as far as developing a, a, a specific YouTube content strategy? I think it's very, I, I, you're going to say this so many times in every situation, but consistency is key. Um, 
I actually just posted my 200th episode of Triple S recently in which I used that opportunity to talk about my growth since my 100th video because when I reached my 100th video, I still hadn't really locked down a schedule for myself and a, and a theme and a, and, a, and a structure for my show. Right. So by, by actually doing that, by coming up with the consistency, by coming up with the structure, and the structure is still very loose, but it helps me not have writer's block, and I can I can go into that in a minute. But by doing that, you know, I may have had 33,000 views after having a channel for two years and 100 episodes. Now, 100 episodes in two years works out to one video a week, so it's really not that bad. But I bumped it up to three videos a week, and I've, I went from 33,000 views for the whole channel with 100 videos to 188,000 views at the 200th episode just eight months later. Right. So it, it's, it's tremendous what consistency can do for you. People come home from work. They come home from school. They, whatever your target is, they come home and they get on the Internet. And if those people are YouTube people, they go to their subscription box. They see what their favorite people are talking about that day. So that's really why consistency is key. You guys watch your favorite shows on television because you know what night of the week they're going to be on. And that's just the bottom line. Now, there's also structure that can go into that. I was really struggling with how many videos a week should I do or a month should I do? And then I thought, oh, my gosh, just think back to your name, Savvy sexy social. There's three words there. I'll do three videos a week. Savvy Tuesday, sexy Wednesday, social Thursday, savvy Tuesday. We'll talk about savvy, uh, strategies for your business and things of that nature. Sexy Wednesday. We'll talk about things that will make your brand a little bit more sexy. Maybe that's a design thing. Maybe it's a branding thing. Maybe it's just something, uh, in the news right now that you could be talking about how to make that more relevant, how to make that part of your brand in some way without it being too much of a reach social Thursday. We'll just talk about all things social media. So by doing that, I beat down the, um, the fight with myself that I was going to have every week. What am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? And then when you do that, you're, you're just making the videos at the last minute. You're just hoping that it's going to work out. And that's not effective. I've gotten to a point where I know what I'm going to talk about every week. A lot of times I'll incorporate the audience because I have an open email policy. I get so many ideas in my email. It's not even funny. When you get to that point, it's amazing because you never run out of things to talk about. And you're just like, okay, that's a good question for social Thursday. We'll schedule that in. I do all my filming on Monday. I have all my editing done by the end of the day. Everything's scheduled to go out so that Tuesday through Friday, I'm focused on the Vlogboss Studio clientele. Sweet. So you cover consistency. You cover structure. What's the third thing? Consistency, structure, and just, I think what's most important that people have a really hard time with it. And, and I get this question a lot is being this quote unquote personality. They're usually trying to be someone else, someone that they've looked to. I think that if you don't know your niche and what your personality is around that niche and how you're going to be, what your brand encapsulates, if you're going to be a jerk about um, good health for your teeth, then be a jerk about good health for your teeth. That's your thing. If that's your shtick, then go with it, but do your research, see what other people are doing. Try to do something different, but do something that's true to yourself because a lot of people will find they're just trying to be somebody else. And that's not going to win because if you're trying to be someone else, they are already doing it and they're already winning at it. Right. So, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, social strategy audience, if, if you picked up on that, it's authenticity is that third thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, consistency, structure, some kind of structure and yes. being authentic. Yes. And that's that's just consistent across all social media. 
Because what I've found with a lot of clients is they want to come across as something else because they don't think mm-hmm. that they're that interesting. And then they try to make up this persona and you end up meeting them in person. And I've done this, you know, at mm-hmm. conferences where people that I follow online and that I've talked to online, I won't mention any names, but they're mm-hmm. a totally different person mm-hmm. in person than they are online. And it's like, oh, I feel dirty now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't <laughs> I didn't expect that they were like that. Oh, yeah. great. And, and, and that's... No, go ahead. No, that's tough. I think um, we see that a lot in YouTube too, though. Um, there are... Maybe somebody's really, really good at what they are online, but it's because they had the confidence of many people started in their bedroom in 2006 talking to a camera. And then all of a sudden, a couple years later or less, uh, they have millions of people. Uh, If you see YouTubers at a conference, it's the weirdest experience because a lot of them just don't know how to handle all the people and and all the hype and all of the praise. It's very hard. I think people in general, I mean, most people I know, people in general, we have a hard time accepting praise on a really high level. You know, it's very it's an overwhelming feeling overall. So when you have so many people coming up to you and screaming your name like you're Justin Bieber, it's crazy. So, but in 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 other situations, it's true. Just because you're a really really good writer and you're a really good blogger and your personality is amazing and that's what you're thinking in your head, and then you get out into the real world at a conference and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. A lot of us are introverted, so we may not be exactly the same in person, but. For the people that are complete polar opposites, I agree with you that I've also encountered that. And it's like, uh, okay, what is going on here? Right, right. Did you go to the YouTube Awards? Uh, No, I didn't. I didn't. I usually go to VidCon every year, and uh, that's out in uh, Anaheim, California, Mm -hmm. um, and that's always a good time. But uh, I also like another little gig called Playlist Live. It's still kind of intimate, but it's growing quickly. So uh, it was really cool when VidCon was super tiny, and you you were just kind of standing next to cool people all the time, and it was like, cool, you just get to be in this moment. But now there's just so many fangirls that it's like, okay. Well, I don't know if this is an educational conference anymore. <laughs> right. It, it, it got a little bit like E3. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's funny. Yeah. Playlist Live. I've not heard of that one. Yeah. A lot of people haven't. It's uh, it's in Orlando. I think it's going into its fourth year. Um, and it's it's growing. There's so many of these events popping up. And it's great because the reality is we have such a personal connection with these people through YouTube that it makes sense for them to do in-person events and have it organized so that they're, you know, out with these people more often and really driving the connection even more. So the, there's so many events popping up. There was a new one in Canada this year. I can't remember what it's called. <clears throat> um, I, I am sure many, many more will come because they're very profitable. If you can go to where people are and create a YouTube event, these people are going to show up. They're especially the kids who ask their mom to take them. I mean, it's it's incredible how much money these YouTube conferences are making just from making sort of a show out of it, almost a concert. Wow. Yeah. I, not not a dynamic that I uh, I've experienced. I've never been to a YouTube conference, but mm-hmm. I, I think I will try to put that down for next year to at least attend. It's one. a very interesting experience. <laughs> now, have you spoken at any of these conferences yet? I uh, haven't spoken at VidCon or Playlist. No. I think that's going to be coming up. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll I, see. I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be coming well, up. Well, here's the thing. 
YouTube, this is what makes me different. I'm very much in the YouTube world, but I'm also in the marketing world. And I think there are a lot of people on YouTube that are marketing people, but they are marketing talking heads usually on YouTube. And the reason is that they have a medium someplace else that they've excelled. Let's just do, for instance, I could not have done the Chris Brogan and sat in front of my webcam and just chatted whatever I felt like and posted it to YouTube and have it perform well. He can do that because he has a tremendous audience and people appreciate that very much. I used YouTube to stand out. And I also use the very YouTube vlogger, excuse me, YouTube vlogger way to talk about marketing. I don't make it tough to sit through a 15 minute video about a marketing topic. It's a very fun and energetic, lots of jump cuts. You hardly ever hear me breathe and a very fast moving pace because by doing that and talking about something that's of value, I stand out. So when we talk about thought leadership in that way, in the YouTube space, thought leadership means people who have two plus million subscribers on YouTube. That's basically the barrier to entry versus me being a thought leader on YouTube in the marketing space. That's probably where I'm more likely to, to be speaking. Right now you, um, you just mentioned something about, and I'm jumping around a little bit, but you mentioned jump cuts. And I think this is something that's interesting to people in general, because I, I, I have a, a, a good friend of mine that's in Chicago. He's a video you know, producer, he's made a couple movies, he's, you know, professional camera guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so, dude, you should make a video about, you know, how to do this, what is this I'm seeing on YouTube where it's one cut and then it's another cut, but you don't really see, like, there's a pause or anything. So it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like it's a two-camera shot, and he goes, no, not necessarily a two-camera shot. And he was trying to explain it to me, and he got all really technical, and I'm like, hey, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna keep doing podcast. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about uh, about jump cuts. What what is that? What does it mean? How do you do it? So essentially, what a jump cut is. It, uh, well, first, let me say a lot of people ask me if I script my videos, and the answer is no. I don't want it to seem like I'm reading a teleprompter as much as I respect President Obama and his teleprompter. I, that's not the way that I do things. I want to talk to the camera like I'm talking to a person. And if I don't come off that way, I'm, I'm going to lose. It's not going to be a good video. So what I do is I bullet point everything out. I need to make sure I get the point across because, trust me, I go on tangents. It happens. <laughs> it happens a lot. And sometimes they're funny enough that we keep them in. But I have to have everything bullet pointed out so I know that I get to all my points and I sum up the video. I have all that stuff ready to go. And that's kind of sitting with me. But that gives me an opportunity to, you know, do my opening line and then leave some space and then go into the first line of the video after the title sequence. Okay. Then some space, then the next line, then the next line, then the next line. By having the space in between, I'm cutting that out. Even if I didn't have a ton of space, I'd be able to cut it out. But as long as it's quick, I'm at the end of a sentence and suddenly I'm also starting a sentence at the same time. It's like the audios are on top of each other. Mm-hmm. It really makes everything flow so much more. Um, a lot of people, when they are cutting a video, do not cut close enough to that final syllable or even not even syllable, but like letter at the end of a word. If you leave just a third of a second too much space at the end of that and then cut to the next thing that has a third of a second it just you can just hear the space in between and that's not what a jump cut is a jump cut is really making the audio as fluid as possible so it seems like a very very fast-paced video 
Right. Yeah, I've noticed that. Now, what do you use for your editing? I use Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, I've always been a PC. I'm probably going to depart PC at some point because they just get too disappointing. Um, but, <laughs> but I do like to y- use apps that aren't really Apple exclusive because then I feel like I'm going to be stuck um, if I'm on a different platform. I really like Adobe because I pay for the Creative Cloud every month. It's like 30 bucks. I get every single one of their platforms and it's on my computer. I mean, it's great. Uh, because of that, I have Adobe Premiere Pro on my MacBook Air and I have one on my PC, which is my main editing computer. But if I'm on the road, I can still do it in a, in a, in an editor that I'm familiar with on that, on that air. So I really, really like that software. It's pro level software. Um, but if you get to know it, it's very kind to you. (laughs) Now, when you're doing it, when you're doing a jump cut, Mm -hmm. do you, uh, is it, is it a two camera shot? Or is it no, it's just one camera. <clears throat> so essentially, the the audio overlap has is all in editing. I I do everything with one camera directly in front of me. Sometimes I've thought about that, like oh, it'd be kind of cool if I did like a side angle, but I don't have a good side angle. Like I just don't. <laughs> the the only good side angle that I have, there's not a lot of space to put a camera because I'm when I film. I'm looking at a camera and directly to my right is a window. And that's where I get a, a, a lot of my lighting. A lot of my lighting is uh, coming from that window. So um, for me to put a camera on the other side, you would be looking out my window and the lighting would be very screwy. So right. I, don't have, I don't have the studio for that, I guess. But no, you don't need two cameras to do a jump cut. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I didn't know that. I thought it was a, a two-camera thing. So basically it's just video lane over video and audio. Yeah, it's, audio. that's really it. It's really just making the, the audio flow a lot, a lot more nicely. I think it, I think the name is kind of throwing people off a little bit. So let me ask you this. Is there a tutorial that you filmed that we could link to? Absolutely. Actually, um, well, not in terms of the editor. I actually ha- saved that special for a boot camp that I did, um, which actually I'll be sending out to my email list again here in the next month. But there is on my YouTube channel, I made a a wonderful thing about YouTube is they give you the opportunity to make playlists. So I made a playlist because somebody sent me an email and said, Hey, why don't you do a video about how to vlog? And I was like, really? I was like, I've done so many videos around that topic. So what I did was I made a little video saying, Hey guys, somebody asked me this. So here's the intro video for how to vlog because I've made so many videos in the past. You probably just couldn't find them. So I took that process and I put them in the playlist. And now if I make more videos about vlogging, I can add it to that playlist. And so you can see a lot more of that process in one place. So if you actually go to youtube.com slash savvy, sexy social, you scroll down a little bit and look for uh, beginner's guide to vlogging, I believe is what I called it. Mm-hmm. And that will take you through a playlist of all the videos I've made about vlogging that can help you with that process. Right. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Great. So now let's let's move on a little bit to uh, this recent thing that you did. Sure. Which was awesome. Thank um, you. I couldn't get the song out of my head for a couple of days. I know you couldn't. You think I could? <laughs> You're, that's the reason why it happened, my friend. <laughs> so for for everyone that doesn't know, you did a uh, you did a YouTube video for the Gary Vaynerchuk new book jab 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 right hook 
and it was set to All I Want for Christmas. Mm-hmm. How'd you come up with that? So here's what happened. I, I am, I'm acquaintances with Gary. I actually bought seven of his books to, um, I, he did a spree cast, live spree cast the day of his pre-order launch. And of course he's, that's when he, this whole Gary selling books mode that he's been in, that's the day that it really started was, okay guys, buy my book. Let's go. Like I've provided you a lot of value. I need you to buy my book. I ended up getting live on video with him and long story short, cause it's a much longer story and a lot of, a lot of convincing, um, a friend and I com- bought a few books together. I bought seven and we were his just offered to be his ride to and from the airport when he was in Columbus a couple weeks later. So, um, you know, I got to meet him in the car. I was so impressed because he actually did his homework on me and he's like, you know, your videos are great. You know, that you're exactly on the wavelength that I am about video. And I think maybe we could talk about this at some point. So I knew that if I wanted to stay on Gary's radar, I needed to be special. He already knew I was special and I didn't think he was going to forget who I was, but I just wanted to make sure. So, you know, I emailed him when his book went on sale again, a couple, you know, after Thanksgiving, I think there was like a 30% off Amazon. I said, Hey, Gary, just bought a couple more, just letting you know, and your review is coming out on Tuesday. And he wrote back. Awesome. Thanks so much. Over the weekend, I was just singing my favorite Christmas song over my, in my head. Also thinking, how am I going to make my book review better than everyone else's other than the fact that it'll be video. And I just started singing that song and started singing about jab, 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 right hook along with that song. And within 40 minutes, I had all the lyrics down and I was like, (laughs) well, and that was Sunday night. So Monday, when I do, when I typically do all of my filming for the week, that didn't happen. I was spending a lot of time in my bedroom closet because it's the smallest room that I have really to keep the, you got to keep the walls close when you're recording audio, because it's really hard to not get like echo in the room on your, on your track. It's tough. So I'm using my, this microphone that I'm using right now, it's a podcasting blue snowball. I'm using this thing and I'm just like wailing these lyrics (laughs) into the microphone. So I got the track laid down. I recorded a very silly video and guys, I promise you that I could do so much better. I can do so much better. I, there are so many things I wish I could do better. I'm not even talking about the audio. Of course I can do the audio better, but the video, I, there's a lot more I could have done. I could have done a lot of the key to the video is the less of me dancing in my chair, the better. Anytime I can, <laughs> anytime I can cut to something else, the more interesting it's going to be because like I said, with jump cuts, you're listening to me. So it's okay if it's just my face on the camera most of the time, but every time you can add some movement to your camera where you're catching a, a glimpse of just a, a picture of the book or you're catching maybe I, maybe I could have done a video clip of the presents under the Christmas tree when I sang that part. I didn't, I, I didn't do as much of that as I would have liked, but I filmed the video and got it edited and cut within 24 hours and had it ready to go Tuesday morning. And then that happened. <laughs> yeah, then that happened. That No, that's that's awesome. And I'm looking at it now and, of course, playing a little bit of it. I'm sure you just really wanted to hear that, right? <laughs> right. It's my favorite, really. So now, I haven't had a chance to look at all your videos. Mm-hmm. Is this the first one you've sung in? Yes. Yes. 
And what's really funny is I sent an email to my email list yesterday because I usually wait till Thursday when all of my videos have come out for the week. Right. And I sent, sent everybody an email and I was like, oh, okay, it's been a weird week, guys. But a lot of people were new on that list. So I basically said to everyone, okay, so there's a couple different types of people on this list right now. There are people who have been following me for a long time and just found out I can sing. And there are people who found out I could sing and sang a book review and then watched a lot of my content and realized I provide a lot of value. And for that, thank you for converting. It, it was a really interesting day for the people that watch me every single Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They were blown away. And what's cool about that is I did it for them. I didn't do it for Gary as much as I really want Gary to like it. And like I said, I just wanted to be on his radar. I want him to remember me. And I, and I, I didn't even care if he shared it by showing him that I had the capability to do that. That just proves even more what I can do with video. And I want, I want to be top of mind for him about making video. So I've done that now, but for my audience, that nice little change in the structure, um, although the structure is great, it's also fun to throw a little curveball. And by doing that, my audience has just been so, so amazed. And it just makes them want to stay tuned even more. And, and they have more personal connection with me because now they know I've been singing all my life. <laughs> so. Right. So, so, you know, in going through your channel and looking at your channel, I um. I've gotten down to October social shout outs. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've been like playing your channel in the car. Oh, the, cool. On the Wi-Fi yeah. car that I got so I can like get through a lot of your videos to hear. You do put out some good content, but over the, over the past few months, I would say since let's, let's just say September, you, mm -hmm. a, you average about 700 views per video, except for your That's September right. social shout outs is like 1200 or so. Mm -hmm. This Gary V review at the time I looked at it last had 8,000 freaking views. Almost yeah. 9,000 views. Mm -hmm. That's pretty mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, it is really awesome. And I actually tweeted about this, you know, after about two days because I also have a playlist on my channel with my most popular uploads because you, it's one of those ones that YouTube automatically generates. And I think it, it was number five. After, it still is. It's number five after three days. Cause I've had some other videos that have performed very well, but it's only, it, it's, it's the fifth most popular video on a channel. That's almost three years old in three days. Right. So it, it really was amazing. Really, really cool. The Gary V effect. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So so let's talk a little bit about the book. I, yeah. know, I know you've already done a book review for it, but what's what's the most effective thing that you've learned so far in reading the book? I'll, I'll share mine real quick. And I was listening to his interview with Lewis Howes because I hadn't had a chance to listen to it. And something that, something that he said struck me really as interesting. It's like Instagram is the single most important social network right now. H how do you feel about... Instagram or Gary saying that about Instagram and doing Instagram video because I haven't had a chance to check out your Instagram channel just yet. I think mm -hmm. I followed you, but maybe not. What do you, what do you think about Instagram and video and him making that statement? I think Instagram is really powerful. I think people want everything to be beautiful on Instagram. And, and that's why I think video hasn't really picked up there quite as much as it could have. Um, people like to share a moment in time and you, Instagram has made that an amazing way to happen. Just uh, these snapshots. I mean, they're, they're just nice. It's just, it, it's such a, I think it was, um, 
IWearYourShirt.com, if you're familiar with mm. my... It, he said that that's the first app he opens up every morning. And I thought that is so great because it's such an actually very inspirational place to go. If that's the first thing you looked at every day, it's kind of a great experience. If you're following people that are sharing awesome moments in their life or inspirational quotes or just really, it's a really great place to be. So I agree with him that it's a very important network. Honestly, I had no idea he said that. I thought he would have said the most important network was either Twitter or Snapchat. But I, I think it's amazing that he said that. But it's also a huge testament to multimedia. Multimedia is where it's at for sure. Yeah, I was I was really shocked. I'm like, really? So I took a picture of it and put some text mm-hmm. in it and put it on Instagram and sent it to him and he liked it. So I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> <That'll work. laughs> so uh, what's your what's your favorite thing out of the book? I think I think the thing that was so just like awesome about, I can't think of a better word than that, but so awesome about this book is how much he talks about context. And I think so many of us, even people in the industry have sometimes forgotten about that, forgotten how important it is to respect every platform for what it is individually. People don't want to see the same things on Twitter as they do on Facebook, as they do on Tumblr, as they do on Instagram, all those things, right? We know that we say that to no end, but what do we really mean by that? Are we really embracing what people like to see a lot in those places? How are we actually using that information to change our strategy? So I think that's what really drove home, um, so much for me with this book, not to mention the great thing about this is I don't want a digital format of this book. I want this book sitting on my desk every day so I can refer to it. It's practically a picture book. There's so many case studies in it and there's so many opportunities for you to be like, Oh, actually when Land Rover posted that, I didn't think it was that bad. What did he think about that? Because being able to look at those examples and really, really changes your mind about just half let's say half-assing what you're going to post, you know? And so I think that I I just think the book did a really good job of, of showing right and wrong in those situations. And I loved it. I just, I, I really wasn't, I promise you, if this book wasn't that inspiring, there's no way I would have made a music video about it. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Mm -mm. Yeah. I think he's got 80 case studies in here and Mm -hmm. he's posting a few extra ones that he didn't put in the book. And it's, um, I don't particularly like digital copies of books. It's great, you know, if I'm on a plane or something like that. And I yeah. Can, I can read it on my iPad. But, I mean, this is, um, it's a textbook. Like you said, this is not the, you know, thank you economy type book. This no. is, like, real useful information, stuff that I did not know that I thought I knew. And right. things I've forgotten that I'm not implementing on. I'm like, wow, if I put a period in front of an at reply, everyone sees it. And, and, you know, you know, it's, it's funny because I've definitely changed my ways with that for a long time, but it's still funny because sometimes I don't even recognize how often I don't even want to say people make that mistake. I mean, it's just a a, a fact. That's like one of the few things Twitter does to change your newsfeed. So you've got to adjust with it. And the number of people that just wouldn't have any idea about it, it's very, very important to see that. But for even if you know it, just reiterating how important it is. But what's really kind of fun, too, is also seeing how much, you know, writing an at reply to somebody that other people are also following really targets those people. It seems like when someone is at replying somebody that I'm following, too, that's also Twitter's way of 
of upgrading the relevancy of that conversation. I wouldn't have seen it, but that's really interesting. Now that's something very relevant that's in front of me now. So using the period, not using the period, there's both very strategic ways of, of going about it. Yeah, exactly. So now when we were talking earlier, you mentioned um, driving traffic to your site mm -hmm. and you talked about your email list. Mm -hmm. How many people do you have on your email list currently and how much has it grown over the past, let's just say, couple weeks since this uh, video launched? Well, I've definitely had a couple thousand on my email list for a while. And, and it's certainly growing a lot more every day um, since the video. I think the biggest conversion is going to be on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say I've probably gotten a couple hundred of email opt-ins. I think a lot of people like that first let's get to know each other stage. So there's obviously been a ton of Twitter following and uh, YouTube subscriptions. So previous to this video with YouTube, I was approaching 5,000 subscribers nice. and I, I was probably at 4,800, I believe. And I think now I'm at 5,600, so or 5,560. So I think that's shown a lot of growth, which makes sense because this is where all the content is, right? Most people are not going to realize to subscribe to my email list. If they go to YouTube, they will start to realize it because at the end of every video, I mention how important, you know, being on my e-list is. And so people do end up converting then. Right. No, that is very cool. So what do you use to to get people to sign up for email? I use Aweber. You do use Aweber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been on Aweber since almost the beginning. I started on MailChimp because, of course, it was the perfect option for free. If you don't have 2,000 subscribers, then it's awesome. But when I realized the importance of autoresponders and offering a free gift in order for people to really, you know, pick a side when they were thinking about giving me their contact information, um, I was following a lot of what John... Chow was talking about at that time, and he really stressed the importance of AWeber if you're thinking about um, monetizing your blog in some capacity, selling product, and getting over there. And and I just also remember saying when I switch, he said when I switched over, I lost a lot of subscribers because you can't auto opt in on AWeber. I believe that's changed at this point, but it at the time it didn't. And I did lose subscribers at that point too, because I thought, I think this is a priority for me and I've never regretted it. I love MailChimp and I do recommend it for some of my clients, but when it comes to autoresponders and tracking and analytics, I really, really like Aweber. Right. I was actually just talking to someone and they were like, well, you know what? Um, I lost a lot of subscribers. I just switched over to Aweber and you know, they, they have to double opt in. They have to opt in mm -hmm. again. And Mm -hmm. A lot of those people aren't coming over. I'm like, well, then were they really the type of subscribers right. that you need? Exactly. Exactly. If, if they're not going to convert, you know. That's right. It's, t it's tough, too. You have to remember, if you're going to make that switch, to always email them from the platform they're familiar with. Just keep mail chimping them or whatever you were doing, constant contact a lot of people use and decide to leave. But, you know, you can't just start start brand new with the Aweber and hope they're going to get the memo. First of all, you have to deal with spam filters initially. It's just, it's a tough transition, but I feel like Aweber made a change to that. So hopefully that's not the case anymore, but that double opt-in was a real pain. Yeah, it, it can be. Um, what's your, what's your giveaway? What, what's your free thing? What's your premium content that people get if they subscribe? 
I have an ultimate Twitter guide on my uh, email list. So when you sign up, you immediately get that free download. And I think it's like 30 pages. I wrote it a long time ago. So I actually think I should probably update it because things have changed. But it really gives you a good idea of how can you execute a a great Twitter presence without feeling like you have to be on it all day. Because I think a lot of people have that impression. And there is a way to do it. And so I wrote about it. Okay, cool. So... As we wrap this up, because we're, we're approaching the, uh, the, the hour mark, what's a couple great tips that you could give us for you know, how, to, how, how to succeed on YouTube? Because most people do it and fail. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a few simple things that you can do if it's the platform that you choose to be on. And I know people want to do video on YouTube, and they don't know how to really do video on YouTube. Yeah, you know, first I would say define what your success looks like because for someone to tell me that I, if, if you're insinuating that I'm successful on YouTube, I, then a lot of people would tell you you're wrong because I, I get that all the time in my comments. People are always saying, wonderful people, people that support me, saying you deserve so many views. And I just have to say to them, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's great here. I have, I have a great amount of views. I have a great audience. I can't remember the last negative comment I got. When I did, they converted because I replied to them and they were like, oh, this person's cool. I'm not going to be a troll anymore. So everything's great on my channel and people are converting to my email list. They're buying my product. They're sending me new clients to Vlogboss Studios. I feel like I am a success on my YouTube channel. So defining that is so important because if you just think that it's a number like reaching 5,000 subscribers, that was exciting for me. And I know my audience would be excited about it. So I actually posted it as a milestone today on Facebook. So I thought I love that feature, the milestone feature, because if we're going to use Facebook for anything, we should be sharing our lives. And if my life on Savvy Sexy Social is that I just reached a certain number of people, then that's cool. I'm going to share that and let people be excited about it with me. But that's not the true definition of success for me. Knowing that is very, very important because you have to be so patient. There's no other way to put it. If you think that you're going to jump on YouTube, go viral and everything's going to work out great. You're out of your mind. This is first, I wouldn't even call the Gary video a viral video. Some people might call it that too. Everybody has a different definition of these things. And that's why you're never going to be pleased if you are not patient and you don't feel every bit of growth and really, really appreciate it. So just those are two very important things. In addition to the other three items that we talked about earlier, the, uh, the stru- the structure is really, really important knowing what your schedule is going to be and the authenticity. Right now we didn't really touch on income on, on YouTube, but mm-hmm. now do you, I, don't, I noticed that you don't advertise on your videos. Actually I do. Um, I do advertise on my videos the Gary V video because it is a copyright issue. Initially, I was not allowed to enable monetization on that video, which is fine because YouTube's gotten really good about respecting like, you know, if you're going to do a cover song, they have a very slow approval process. As a matter of fact, they allowed me to start monetizing that video just last night. I think they realized, oh, this is a cover song. (laughs) So then in that case, you're allowed to monetize. They're very weird about their monetization. So I do monetize my videos. uh, When I say that, I mean with Google ads. Um, And when you use a track that they think is copywritten with a very large company that will be upset, then they'll initially you know, say no, but you can post it and we won't get mad at you. So it takes some time for them to change their mind, which they did. So, which is, you know, fine. I, am not worried about making money on all those views. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, if everybody comes to my channel and expects a musical channel, they're going to be very disappointed. Um, so I want the people that want to convert the people that stuck 
stuck around and said, I watched your video, I watched your music video, and then I decided to watch like 100 videos on your channel. Those are the people I'm blown away by. Those are the people that subscribe and they really did enjoy the value that I bring other than being a silly girl singing to a camera once in a while. Which right. is only once right now. <laughs> so like only once, yeah. not not while. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But the key really is if you don't know what your call to action is, you're also gonna have a hard time too. At the end of every video, I've given you value, given you value, given you value, and at the end of the video, here's what I want you to do. Sign up for my email list. Because that's where I'm gonna be able to have a conversation with you later when I'm ready to sell you something. And that's when people buy. Oh nice. You just did jab, 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 right hook. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So I guess we won't look for any um, Songstress Saturdays? No, but dang, that's a good name. That's a good name. That's good. I, 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 you, you know, can you can have it. Do you know how many people have, I, I've gotten a lot of business to my, to my company since that video because people want to buy music video reviews. Really? Oh, yes. Book reviews, music book reviews. I was like, but that was my real opinion. Okay. I mean, if you want me to come up with something free, I, every, there's, there's a dollar amount on everything. So right now I'm trying to deal with that issue. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Awesome. You just created a new economy for yourself. I, essentially. Yeah. Cause who's selling musical book reviews? Absolutely apparently. no one. Apparently I am. <laughs> and now you've got to put them on Songstress Saturdays. Oh yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> How funny. So as as we get ready to go ahead and wrap this up, what's what's something that you would like to tell people that they need to do as far as being successful, just in social media in general? Because you're not just YouTube. You do other social. You give advice about other social. You have clients that you do content marketing for. I saw you do podcasts, technical support. You have a team. So what's something that you want to leave people with so they have an overall impression of, you know, what you can do? and what you have to offer and just some advice for, you know, business owners and people that are kind of new to social. I think the most important thing is just not to listen to all the hype, but take it in and start to register it. I, what most people do is they ha think they have to sign up for every single platform. That's the hot thing right now. And you really shouldn't, like I said earlier, if you can't do a good job at it, you shouldn't be there yet. So by making note of what's happening and finding out if your target is there, then that's very important and then decide to go. But if you're just starting with social media, don't sign up for every single account that people tell you to make sure it's something that you can create good content on or listen well with, and then decide to, to have a presence there. I can't stress that enough. I honestly think the clients that come to me that that say, Oh, we, we don't have our website launched yet. I'm like, perfect. Your social presence is going to be better than so many other people's because you have nothing to push yet. All you can do is listen. So if you don't have that, don't think that you have no way to use social media because you do all people want you to do is be human. So when we start to have websites and landing pages and things like that, we forget about being human and we just push. So only do what makes sense for your business and maybe get some help if you need some if, to get direction, but don't go overboard and think you need to be on everything because you don't. Right. Yeah. I've got so many more questions that are just popping into my head from what, <laughs> what you just said. And we're, we're approaching an hour and I'm, I want to try to keep the shows at about an hour, but I'm going to ask you a couple questions anyway. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at YouTube videos and one of the things that I noticed, and I've been told by other, you know, YouTube experts is that in every video, you should put a link right at the beginning of the video. Is that something that you also recommend? What do you mean by a link? So in your description, 
Mm-hmm. So where, wherever you want the person to go, that you should put a link right there at the beginning of the video and then your description. At the beginning of the, of uh, the description, uh, you mean? Yeah, in the, in the uh, description area underneath your video. Yeah. Okay. So in the description area, yeah, I mean, you only get like a couple lines before you have to click to read more. So yeah, if you want your call to action anywhere, it should be right there at the top. I, I do agree with that. Now, do you also agree with an entire transcript or blog I, posts in there? You know what? Here's what I do. I obviously, I want people to go to my website, right? So I have to create copy for that video to be assisted with on the blog post. I'm not just going to post a video in a blog post and then hit publish because what does that do for my SEO? Google and YouTube can't watch your video. They can think they know everything about it by your headline, your tags, your description. So as much text as you can provide is great. A transcript is a wonderful way to do that. But I also like to just create a blog post around that video so that if somebody can't watch my video, they will at least be able to click that link and get value out of it. They'll be able to read what I talked about. Most people will just watch because they don't want to read. The people that want to read will have that opportunity. And most importantly, Google will be able to read. So all of that copy that I write in the blog post, I copy paste into the video description as well. Yeah, I noticed that with yours, and that one of the first things you have is that people can get your your Twitter guide, and mm-hmm. that is a link directly to signing up for your email list, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly right. That is awesome. That's the first time I've seen that. That's a very highly converting link as well. That is nice. And and I'm, what's also great is that you can have you can associate a website with your channel. So if once you get everything kind of verified with your channel and you, you can put some code in your website so that you can associate that particular website with your channel, it's just sort of an approval process work. And what happens then is you can use annotations directly on the video that can link to your website. They won't let you link to anywhere in the world. They'll let you link to things within the platform and they'll let you link to your website. So anything that starts with that URL that they've already approved with you, you can link to. So I also have a subscription link at during my outro. At the end of every video, I have an outro screen where I'm kind of saying goodbye, sign up for my email list, thanks for everything, here's what's happening these days, here's some changes that might be happening, just sort of a goodbye message. There's a screen that I've crafted to be able to put annotations on where you can click to sign up for my email list as well. Oh, wow, that is awesome. I did not know that you could associate a YouTube channel with a website. Yep. It's a very, very big deal for marketing because a lot of people don't go to the description section on YouTube. They just want to move on to the next YouTube video. So being able to add that interactive stuff on top of the video where people are still engaging with you is extremely valuable. Very, very cool. I did not know that, so I just learned something about YouTube. Good. Awesome. Well, Amy, I really do appreciate you coming on the Social Strategy Podcast. I enjoy... I appreciate you asking me. This was so much fun. Oh, no, no. My pleasure. I enjoyed the video. And like I said, I couldn't get the song out of my head for a couple of days. And <laughs> now that I've listened to it a couple of times this morning, I probably won't. But hey, it's Christmas time, right? That's right. We just got snow in St. Louis. Did you guys get pounded with snow? We're getting it right as we speak. It should be stacking by the end of the day, I believe. Oh, my God. So for people Mm. listening to this later, today is December the 6th, 2013, and I think we're in for Snowmageddon Part Mm -hmm. (laughs) 2. Snowmageddon was last year. I -hmm. think it's going to come again this year. We uh, we didn't get that much this time, but um, anyway, let me go ahead and wrap it up. Hey, guys, uh, this is Vernon Ross. Thanks for 
checking out the Social Strategy Podcast today with Amy Schmidauer from Savvy Sexy Social, although I kind of wanted to say Sexy Savvy Social. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> right. We'll let you. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks so much, Amy. No problem. Crazy amazing, right? Amy is Amy is something special. I uh, I really like her. That was a great episode. Had a lot of fun talking to her and chatting. We could have chatted, you know, for <laughs> quite a while longer. We actually ended up talking a little bit longer after the recording stopped, and we had talked a little bit before we actually start recording. So uh, Amy is just awesome. Lots of great information. Uh, hopefully you guys paid attention and took a little bit of notes. If you didn't, I'm just going to refresh your memory real, real quick. We talked about three specific strategies that you can use on YouTube and what you need to do to take your YouTube channel to the next level. Consistency. That was like the first thing. Consistency is key. The next thing was you got to have a structure. You know, what are your, what are your videos going to be about? You got to have some flow and some direction to your videos. It is not unheard of. And it may be a good idea to, you know, kind of bullet point like Amy does what she's going to be doing in her videos. And also, you need to be authentic. You need to be who you are in your videos. I'm not going to get on the Social Strategy Podcast and try to be somebody else because I'm I'm not. You shouldn't do that on your YouTube channel either. Um, Amy doesn't do it on hers, and look at how successful she is. 133,000 views on her channel, well over 5,000 subscribers. And by the time I am posting this, I haven't checked but I'm pretty sure she's probably close to maybe 7,000. I'm just, I'm guessing high because the rate she was growing after the Gary Vaynerchuk video, it is pretty amazing. So guys, definitely make sure to check out her channel. You can find Amy online at Savvy Sexy Social on Twitter. You can also find her at Schmittastic on Twitter and that is S-C-H-I-M-I-T-T-A-S-T-I-C. I kind of wanted to say at Schmidt-tastic. So she is uh, she is pretty Schmidt-tastic. Also, you can find her online at sexy... Ah, I did it again. SavvySexySocial.com. And she, um, she's got a great email list. I joined her email list. I don't join everybody's email list. She's got some good, just really solid information out there. And check out her Twitter guide. It's, it's full of good information. It's a little old. Like she said, she's probably going to update it. But if you're new to Twitter, it is a really good resource to check out. Um, just make sure you, um, you show her some love online. Go out. In the show notes, the video is right there live. So you can watch it right on the site once you go out to the show. You know, if you're listening to this in your car or in the gym or wherever you're listening to it at, you know, definitely just click on there's a link to click to tweet to thank Amy for the interview. I really hope that you guys do that to let her know that, you know, number one, you're listening to the show and you enjoyed it and you actually got some really actionable, usable content out of it. And that is the reason that I'm doing the podcast is to try to teach more people about social media, online business, and networking. I've been uh, really focused on a lot of the online social aspect just because there's just so much out there to learn. And, you know, I keep running into people, amazing people like Amy. So I'm just, you know, I'm tickled about this one. This one was fun. I had a lot of fun doing this one. Um, just to make sure, um, I also just launched a resource page. Some of you guys may be familiar with stimulus package page that I previously had on another blog. Well, I've revamped that and I've added some resources. I'm adding constantly to that list. I did get some questions about um, doing a podcast 
and podcasting equipment and what I'm actually using. And I've gotten that from a couple of listeners. So what I've decided to do is put together a resource page with a lot of that information in there. So definitely check out the, the resource page. There's some links in there. So definitely make sure you check out the ratings and review section. We still need those iTunes ratings and those Stitcher ratings. Looking to make the show popular. And oh, by the way, one of you guys somewhere in the listening audience nominated me for a podcast award. I didn't get enough votes to actually get in the running to be voted for at the show at the New Media Expo, which is going to be in Vegas uh, 2014, January 4th through the 6th. I will be in attendance, but gee, thank you. (laughs) That is pretty awesome. Uh, You know, just coming out and getting nominated for a podcast award. So I really do appreciate you guys showing support like that. That is crazy awesome. And I am really super stoked and happy and giddy about that one. I I got an email from uh, Jennifer with New Media Expo saying, hey, you know, congratulations, you've been nominated. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? What? Did that just happen? Really? Already? Okay. Awesome. I was hoping that it would happen and maybe expecting it a year from now, but Hey, you guys think I'm that good right now? I really do appreciate it, and I am totally humbled by the nomination because, yeah, that was was awesome. So, anyway, guys, I don't want to hold you much longer. As you can tell and as you can hear, you got some jab, 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 right hooking going on in the background. Uh, Definitely enjoy the rest of the song and make sure that you go to the show notes to check it out and hear the full thing, watch the video because it is it's a pretty fun video and she had a lot of fun with it as you'll hear when you listen to the podcast so thanks a lot guys i'm looking forward to talking to you in the next episode episode number 10 we've just reached double digits it's coming out so that is fun and i will see you guys in the next episode so brightly everywhere there's so many to choose from a mind full of my hair what about my budget how much will make a difference Gary won't you tell me the things I need to know won't you please I don't really follow boxing oh I don't want a lot for Christmas this is all I'm asking for just want to read this book and beat out my competitor. I just want you for my own. Mother, you could ever know. Make my wish come true, baby. All I want for Christmas. Jab, jab, jab.